Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 21st of December 2014, entitled, Two Sides to Every Story. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. If you'd like to uh, turn in your Bibles, please, to the New Testament. And uh, we're just going to look at one verse this morning. Um, well, we're going to concentrate on this one verse. It's in First uh, Timothy, chapter one, and um, I'd just like to first of all thank all those um, who were able to come out last night uh, to the care home as we did our carol service, and uh, I'd just like to thank those as well who couldn't be there but were praying for us. So uh, thank you very much. Um, it was a really good time that we had, and uh, we had quite a lot of uh, people there, quite a lot of residents and workers as well. So uh, thank you for that. If you'd like to um, just stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verse 15 this morning. And um, this is uh, Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Please be seated. Thank you. I wonder if you've ever um, heard the saying that there's two sides to every story. I've heard it quite a few times, and uh, it's very true. You have the side that you hear, and then you have a side that sometimes you don't really hear the full story, okay? And sometimes we don't hear the, the other side at all. Let me just give you an illustration. I don't know if you can remember this. It's going back to 2009. And um, there was a terminally ill lady with cancer. Her name was Ashley Kirillo, and she was from Ontario in Canada. And um, she actually raised $5,000 for her charity. And her charity was called change for a cure. I don't know if you remember that. It was in the news. Um, and she actually had tattoos on her knuckles. And on one hand, it said, won't. And on the other hand, it said, quit. And she basically telling the world that she won't quit. Okay. And uh, this uh, young 23-year-old lady, she posted photographs of herself um, on, on, um, online, and she um, was found, uh, she was wearing a headscarf, trying to cover her bald head. That was the side that we heard. Um, the other side that we didn't really hear until it got out was that she actually faked her illness. Um, and she gave herself in to the police. Um, and at court, she was found to be suffering from what's known as borderline personality disorder. Um, some people might say that's lying. That's what she was doing. Um, but that's what, she was, um, that's what she was found to be suffering in court. And um, well, that's just an example, really, of hearing one side of a story. Um, do you know, as the world remembers the birth of Jesus Christ, um, very often, we only really hear one side of the story. Um, if you just look in your 
verse this morning that we've chosen, verse 15. And uh, when Paul writes this, he's saying that this is not a lie. This is not something that um, may be true. You can take it up. No, no. Paul is saying here that this is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptation. You can trust what Paul is telling Timothy right now. And he's saying this, that Christ Jesus came into the world. And that's the side that we often hear at Christmas time. Um, and it's the side of how Christ came into the world. Is this important for us to know? Well, it is. Let me just share uh, three verses that we are probably very familiar of at this time of the year. And um, if you've got Christmas cards, you may have these on your cards. And these are scriptures that are um, well-known and familiar to most of us. The first one, if we just turn in our Bibles to Isaiah, just keep your fingers in Timothy, but let's just go back um, 700 years before Jesus was born because there are some prophecies, some, prophe some promises in the Bible about a saviour that was going to come into the world. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And just remember that this was written 700 years before Jesus Christ came into this world. And Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Does anybody here know what Emmanuel means? Pardon? God with us. Okay. That's taken from the Hebrew, Emmanuel. And that means God with us. And that's what happened when Christ came into this world. When he was born into this world, God was coming to dwell with us from heaven. That's the virgin birth. Let's just have a look at another verse in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. And let's have a look at verse 6. And if you've got a Christmas card this Christmas, you'll probably have this verse in it which says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I don't know if you've ever had opportunity to uh, listen to Handel's Messiah, um, but in one of the songs... Um, this verse is sung, and it's wonderful. It, it really is. Um, it wasn't last Friday, the Friday before. There were a few of us who went uh, from this church to listen to Handel's Messiah at the Symphony Hall, and uh, I do recommend it. They usually have it at this time of year, and um, it's wonderful. And it's all scriptural. It's all from the Bible. Um, but we were reminded that a child was to be born and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. There again we have it, God coming into this world. The, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Um, I wonder why there is no peace this morning in the world. I wonder why when we turn our televisions on, even in these last couple of weeks, and we've been looking at the newspapers, and um, we've been shocked, haven't we? 
of things that we've been seeing in the news. Shocked. Why does that happen? Well, the main reason is, is because a lot of people have rejected the Prince of Peace in their lives. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And when we know Jesus, we know true peace. There'll never be true peace upon this earth until Jesus Christ returns. And he will rule on this earth one day as the Prince of Peace. He will be the King of Kings. What a day that's going to be. Can you imagine? All around the world there is going to be true peace. But I wonder this morning, do you know that peace of Jesus Christ living in your hearts this morning? If you know him as your saviour, and you have the Prince of Peace living with you. That's wonderful. He is the Prince of Peace. One more verse in the New Testament, in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. And we've been hearing this morning in the uh, Nativity play about a son, about Mary bringing forth a son. And um, we just take it up in verse 21. Speaking of Mary, it says, And she shall bring forth a son... And thou shalt call his name Jesus. And we know that that is exactly what happened. That's a prophecy that came true from the Old Testament, 700 years. It was prophesied by Isaiah, and it's coming true. 700 years later, in the days of Mary and Joseph. That's one reason why we can trust this Bible this morning. This is God's word. God's word never fails. When God promised something, it happens. It may, never, it may not happen as the time limit or the time that we think that it's going to happen, but if God says it, it will happen. And it happened as God's word said it would happen. Um, I wonder this morning, do you know that the birth of Jesus Christ is the most well-established fact in history? You know... All we need to do this morning is go into a newsagent, pick up a newspaper, and just look at the dates on the newspapers. You go around the world this morning, and you'll see the same date, 2014. And really, that is giving evidence that Christ came into this world 2,014 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? It's a proven fact, even by secularists. Secular historians have written that Christ came into this world. Well, that's the side that we often hear at this time of year. And it's important that we hear it. It's good. But there is another side to the story. Let's just have a look back in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Again, Paul says to Timothy that this is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We've learnt this morning how Christ came into the world, but now Paul is telling us here why Christ came into this world. And this is the side of the story which is not told as much at this time of year. We're just really a lot of times just hear about how he was born. But we need also to hear the whole story and we need to 
understand why. Why did Christ come into this world? Is there any significance for us today? This happened 2,000 years ago. We're living in the modern day. What significance does the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago have for you and for me this morning? Surely it's something that's in the past. And yeah, we can remember something about it. But what's that got to do with me and you right now? Well, we're going to see this morning. Um, Do you know that as a nation, um, the UK, we have become spiritually ignorant? Um, Let me just give you a couple of quotes this morning. I don't know if you've heard of um, a place called Brent's Cross in London. Um, There was a total of 1,000 children who were asked the following multi-choice questions as part of a survey for a shopping centre in Brent Cross. And um, the question that they had on the questionnaire was, who is Jesus Christ? Okay? Who is Jesus Christ? Well, you would think that everybody would know who Jesus Christ was. Well, these were some of the, um, the, uh, the possible answers Okay, when they gave the survey, they said, A, was he a footballer for Chelsea? B, is he the son of God? C, is he a TV presenter? D, is he X Factor contestant? Or E, was he an astronaut? And do you know what 20% of the children who were asked about who Jesus is, what they said? They said they believe that he was a footballer for Chelsea Football Club. 20%. And that was taken from the independent newspaper on the Thursday, the 11th of December, 2014. There's another quote um, came on the news this week, which said that one out of two, just a little bit more, but 51% of the UK believe that Jesus is irrelevant to their, their Christmas. That's probably about right. You know, people speak about Christmas, but one of the main things that people really want to have their time um, busy in is their gifts Um, and family, of course, and that's a good thing. Um, 51% said that Jesus is irrelevant to their lives at Christmas. Also, another quote here I got was that 5% of the UK go to church on a Sunday. 5%. But I wonder how many of those 5% know why Jesus Christ came into this world. Something to think about, isn't it? 5%. Well, I'd like to ask three questions this morning about why Jesus Christ came. And if we're going to understand the reason why he came into this world, we need to understand the answers to these three questions. And the first one is, what is sin? Now, that's not a word that we like to hear nowadays, is it? Um, You know, it's not branded around uh, very often. And when people hear it, they tend to turn away from it. Um, What is sin? Well, if you have a Bible there, let me just tell you what the Bible says sin is, okay? Um, If you turn towards the back of your Bibles, you have the book of Revelation, 
Then you have the book of Jude, and go back um, one book, and then you have John, the epistle of John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. And I know that some of these children that we have this morning uh, have spent quite a, a long time at our church, a few years, and uh, we've taken them through Bible clubs, we've taken them through the teachings of why Christ came, and they will be able to tell you what sin is. And um, the answer is in verse 4. Let's read verse 4. Um, John says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth. That's an old word, isn't it? Transgresseth basically means to cross over. Okay? Whosoever abideth in, in him, sorry, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So what is sin this morning? It's the transgression of, of the law. That's right. The Bible is saying here that it's the breaking of God's laws, the breaking of God's commandments. We know the Ten Commandments, don't we, in the Bible? And the Bible says that when we transgress his law and his commandments, that we have sinned. I wonder this morning... Who is a sinner? Now, that's getting a bit personal, isn't it? Okay, we can know what sin is, but who does the Bible say a sinner is? Well, we may say this morning, well, so-and-so down the road did this and did that. That person that I read about in the newspaper this morning, he's a sinner. Um, but when we tend to look at ourselves, we like to see ourselves as maybe not too bad a person. I'm not a sinner. Well, shall we see what the Bible says this morning? Let's just turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3. And we'll see what the Bible says in chapter 23. Would somebody like to read that nice and loud? Uh, Jerry? Verse 23. Now, the Bible says how many have sinned? All. Does that include you and me this morning? It includes all. All is a small word, but it means basically everybody. We don't need to go into the Greek to find out what all means, do we? You know? All have sinned, and then it says, and come short of the pastor's glory. No, it doesn't say that. It says, and come short of the glory of God. You see, we like to sometimes compare ourselves with other people and we've had to think that wow we're, I'm not as bad as that person over there but you see this is wrong thinking when we're thinking about who is a sinner we need to think about God's standard you see God's standard is a little bit higher than ours it goes all the way to the top because God is perfect Jesus Christ the Bible says who knew no sin and this is the standard if we say that we're not a sinner, then we're saying basically that we are like God and we've never broken one of his commandments. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God this morning. Um, if we just turn back to our reading this morning, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and um, let's just see what Paul says in this verse about himself. He says, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and then he says, of whom 
I am, what's the next word? What does chief mean? The boss. I am the boss of sinners. That's what Paul is saying. Now, we may think this morning, well, if Paul was the chief of sinners, what does that make me? When we read about the life of Paul, after he became a Christian, but he was comparing himself in God's standards, you see, and he says that he is the chief of sinners. The Bible says that we have all sinned. But the important thing is, is that we need to realize this morning that we have sinned. We have broken God's commandments. Humanity, that's why we're in the mess that we're in this morning. That's why on January the 1st, when people have turned over a new leaf and, you know, have made new resolutions, we'll just pick the first newspaper up and we'll see in the newspaper what's happening around in the world. And we will say, well, man is really is just the same as what he was yesterday. It's going to be the same until Jesus Christ comes back. You see, because sin is in the world, but it's also in, our, in us as well. Um, why do we need saving this morning? The third question that we need to answer. Let's just turn back to Hebrews uh, chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, and this is our last scripture this morning. Hebrews 9. And if you don't have a Bible, don't worry. We're going to read this verse. And um, Paul says here that it is appointed unto men once to die. Okay, there's no reincarnation in the Bible, but it's appointed for men to die once. And then it says, but after this, what's next? The judgment. And the Bible says that we are accountable for our lives. Each and every one of us here this morning, we are accountable for how we live our lives. And you see, when we have our lives judged by God, we're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of falling short of the glory of God. And one day we will have to give an account to a holy God. There is a judgment coming. You know that there are two sides to every story. There's a side that we like to hear about. There's a place called heaven. It's a place that God has been preparing for you and for me. And he desires that each and every one of us will spend eternity in heaven with him. He loves us this morning. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you this morning with an everlasting love. And he desires that you spend an eternity with him in heaven. But there is another side to heaven. And you know, many people say that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than what he did about heaven in the Bible. And the reason he did that was to warn us not to go there. Um, and this is the reason why Christ came into this world, dear friends, this morning. How did he come? He came through the virgin birth. He is God. Why did he come? The Bible says that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Isn't that good news this morning? 
He came to save me. He came to save you. That's why we're here this morning and we're learning about the nativity. And that's why here this morning we're learning about how we can know Jesus Christ as our personal saviour. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But we need to be like Paul and we need to understand and admit that we have broken God's commandments and his laws and we need to repent. The Bible says, repent and believe the gospel. That's why Christ came into the world this morning. I wonder this morning, you know that Christ came into the world, but do you know him as your personal saviour today? If you don't, I hope that you will by the end of this day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. He's a wonderful saviour. God bless. Let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you that we can be reminded this morning of how Christ came into this world. We thank you that we can be reminded of the virgin birth. We thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, was without sin. He had to be because he was the Son of God. And he had to be because he was the one who was to die on a cross for our sins and take the punishment that we deserve. And we thank you this morning that Christ did come into this world to save sinners. Dear Lord, if this morning that we don't know Christ as our personal saviour, if we've never had our sin forgiven, we pray that we may make that important decision today to become a child of God. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.